0: Amen. God bless you. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. A couple of announcements. I do want to say a, a, a big thank you for the help yesterday. We were able to uh, distribute food to 265 households, 850 people. And so we thank, thank you for coming out. It was a steady stream of folks. We were, we were working the whole time, immediately following about... Half of the folks were able to help us. We went over and and helped um, one of our Assembly God missionaries that's retiring, relocating to Greenville. Uh, We were able to go unload him. So thank you all for your help yesterday. Uh, As we told him, many hands make light work. He was shocked at how many people we brought over there. And we were done well before he thought was uh, even possible. Uh, A couple of announcements. As you turn your Bibles to Exodus 4, uh, Savvy Sisterhood, our ministry to single moms will be Friday night, uh, September the 17th from 6 to 8. And uh, that's going to be, uh, please contact Jane. She's in cont- touch with you. Also, uh, men's prayer breakfast will be on September the 25th, 8 a.m. So, guys, be sure to sign up for that. If you haven't signed up for the, uh, the overnight trip, the fishing trip, the hog hunt, please put your name on there. We're going to get all that turned in. Also, the fellowship. Uh, this is our new college and career ministry name. And so, no longer going to be college career, but it's going to be the fellowship. And this is going to be for, uh, that's going to be on September the 25th Also. And then I want you to, I hope you've been in prayer. Please tell me you've been in prayer for the revival that's coming up October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Amen. Dean and Peggy Caldwell, if you have like uh, uh, just some wonderful, solid word preaching and the moving of the Spirit, you're going to love these folks. And so I want you to come on out, invite somebody, use this as an opportunity to reach out uh, to the community and invite those friends that you've been trying to reach Let's look here in Exodus, the fourth chapter. Exodus, the fourth chapter. As you're turning there, let's petition the throne of grace once more. Father, we need your help tonight. We need the power of your spirit and the strength of your might. Lord, we need what only you can give us, Lord God, tonight, and that is the anointing and the empowering of your spirit. Lord, I pray that you would cause your word to impel us, to strengthen us, and help us to hear and to know your will tonight. Lord, we give you the praise and the honor and the glory in all God's people. Said, Amen. Amen, Amen. I want you to look here in Exodus four. I want to read the first five verses. I'm going to go back. Last week we started a study, Christ in the Exodus. Christ in the Exodus, and as we look here, we're looking at this passage through the lens of heaven. We're overlaying it with Christology. Now last time we were together we talked about how that uh, well let's go ahead and read our text then Moses answered and said suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you so the Lord said to him what is that in your hand can you might tell me what's in my hand a rod a staff and he said cast it on the ground And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand, take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand, and he caught it, and it became a rod in his hand, that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you we see here that the Lord is instructing Moses as he is preparing as we talked about Sunday to defeat every image that was in Egypt he was getting ready to tear it down through and he was going to use Moses to do that and he's going to use him to challenge those spirits and all of those images that were contrary to the will and the purpose of God How many know we have to, in order to bear the image of God, we also have to dismantle the old images in order to live according to what God wants us to be? Let me ask you this question before we move forward. How different would your life be if you truly believed everything in the Word and everything good that God has in store for you? If you could see yourself as God the Father sees you. Sometimes the images that we have in our mind of how God sees us is so far off the map to how the Lord truly sees us. Because when he looks at us, he looks at us through the finished work of Christ. Think about it. The finished work of Christ. But to prepare the children of Israel to get out of Egyptian bondage, the Lord wrote, raised up Moses and as Moses is there he said I want you to go and Moses is arguing with the Lord as I know no one in this room has ever done such you've never one time told the Lord no you never argued about what you could and couldn't do what he was capable of doing and what you were incapable of doing I know you've never done that but see here Moses has given us a, a storyline that Honestly, some of us have have portrayed Lord. I can't do this. What if they're not going to believe me? What if uh, I get out there and and Lord? I make a fail, a fool of myself What if I fail and the Lord said I'm gonna I want you to go and I want you to show three signs to the unbelievers three signs to the Israelites that do not believe because Moses is there and he said what if they don't believe me last time we talked about the the image and how that how the Tertullium indicated that him putting his hand in his bosom and pulling it out was a representation of the resurrection, the fall of man, the regeneration of man, and the resurrection of man. Because we saw there that the hand that was pure went into the bosom and the enemy tried to take the man humanity out of the bosom of God. And it became leprous, just like at the fall of man. And then when he brought it back into the bosom through Jesus Christ, the Lord God Almighty, who came and sacrificed himself, and then he drew it out, now we're pure again. Amen? Amen. The resurrection, isn't that good stuff? Get into those old authors and you'll find things out when you look at that. As I'm just going to restate this. Now, this is not Tertullian, don't blame him, but this is what I, I wrote when generation, degeneration, and regeneration What we see there in the the hand movement of the leprosy and the cleansing is man in generation, man created perfectly innocent, was placed in the bosom of the Father. Death entered through disobedience, separating man from the bosom of the Father, leaving man corrupted by sin. The Father returned man to his bosom through the Son, rescuing man from the incurable disease of sin. Notice, think about it. The incurable disease of sin, the tyranny of Satan, and the un- uncontrollable self. Uncontrollable self. You can't blame the devil for making you do it after you become a child of God. because now you have the power to overcome but there's a strange phenomenon that that took place starting when he said to Moses said I want you to take that dead branch that that staff as a sign to the unbelievers those that wouldn't believe I want you to take that, that dead inanimate object and I want you to throw it on the ground and it's going to become a living organism And I want you to reach down and I want you to grab that serpent by the tail. And it's going to return to its original form. Pretty interesting, isn't it? No, I don't want to break my staff. (laughs) I'm afraid I'm going to break the head off of this. I've seen Kevin out there, a woodworker. He was admiring this. Richard Bainey made me a couple of these. I have one to spare, but I don't want to spare it. You know what I'm saying? But we see here that something happened as we look at this rod, it's going to become a serpent. Now that rod can be translated staff, as I have in my hand here. But that word also, when you look at it in scripture, it also means a branch. It could mean a tribe. It could mean a company led by a chief with a staff in his hand. But we see here, we understand that the branch, the rod, the staff represents first and foremost Jesus Christ. Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 11, one through five, says, there shall come forth a rod, a staff, from the stem of Jesse, a branch that shall grow, shall grow out of its roots and it goes on to tell us the spirit of the Lord is going to be upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not, he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears, but his righteousness shall judge the poor. And he goes on there. So we see that the staff is, represents Christ. But I want you to notice something, that now as a sign... It seems somewhat perplexing that he tells him, "I want you to take the staff and throw it to the ground and it becomes a serpent. Now anytime you look in the Word of God and you see the serpent, what is your first thought? Where do we see the serpent in the garden Genesis 3. we seem at the be- we see the serpent at the beginning of the book we see there not at the very beginning but th- three chapters in we see the serpent represented uh who represents the devil and then we see there in revelations at the end of the book we see in chapter 20 of revelations then i saw an angel coming down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit a great chain in his hand and he laid hold of the dragon the serpent of old who is the devil and satan and bound him for a thousand years so as we look at this it's somewhat perplexing that god would use a serpent as a sign think about it this dead tree is going to produce life now aaron moses is going to give this rod to aaron can you think of any other references where something dead brought forth something alive Y'all are getting way ahead of me. I'm just thinking about Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> so you got Aaron. There's a rebellion that rises up and there needs to be a clarity as to who is, has the right to, to the priesthood. I preach on the Ark of the Covenant. I always use that reference because that's one of the articles in the Ark of the Covenant. Write the names of all 12 tribes, put them in the presence of the Lord, and the next day, whichever one that you go in, whose ever name is written on that rod, And it blooms blossoms and bears fruit then that will be the priesthood that is required or allowed into that area ministry and so what we see is there again a dead object produces fruit we see that this dead object is going to produce a living organism but it's an indication that one day there's going to be a tree that's going to produce life And that tree is not alive, but it's dead on a hillside called Calvary. And there's going to be a Savior that's going to be nailed to that cross. And he is going to resurrect on that third day when they lay him in the grave because the grave has no hold on him. So we see here that this is a representation of Jesus Christ and his accomplished work. It's finished there. But we still have the perplexity about the 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 serpent so moses was to cast this to the ground and it would become the curse and then it was to be lifted up so we see jesus christ came down to the earth in order for the lord to ascend he had to first descend to not only to the earth but to the lower parts of the earth amen Because when Jesus Christ came, he not only bore in his body our sin as a human being, but he also bore the complete punishment in hell. He descended to the lower parts of the earth. He descended into hell, but he didn't stay there. He took back what belonged to him, which was the keys to death and the grave, and he rose again on the third day. And where is he at right now? He's at the right hand of the Father, sitting down because the work is complete. It is finished in Him. He was, Moses, I want you to go because this rod and this casting down is going to have a twofold understanding for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to cast it down because Jesus was cast down and He became the curse, the serpent. Think about this for a moment. Now, I didn't say this, he did. Whenever there was a rebellion in the book of Numbers, because they loathe the bread, they begin to complain. After they had been brought out of bondage, they were out of the wilderness, and their old nasty nature began to show. Now they loathe the bread. There were serpents that went throughout the camp and began to bite. Poisonous vipers began to bite. Serpents began to bite the people and they started dropping like flies. Then there were those that were bit, and Moses was instructed I want you to go and create a brazen serpent and put it on the pole. I just stopped for a moment and I thought, how long would it take to make a bronze serpent? Took a little bit, didn't it? There's no point in the message of that. It's just curious to me. Go out and you know, don't don't make it, don't carve it out of wood, but go make a brazen serpent and put it on the pole. I'm sure Moses was wondering, what in the world is this even going to mean? But Jesus brought clarity to the meaning of it in John 3 and 15. He said, just like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness and everyone that looked upon that serpent, they were cured from the venomous snake bite. Just when people look upon the dead stick of the cross and they see the sacrifice Jesus made and accept him as the remedy, the anti-venom, then they will be cured from their sin. But he didn't stay in the grave. He didn't only resurrect on earth, but then in a cloud of witness, we see that Jesus was lifted up into heaven. And as the disciples were there and those that were gathered were watching him, the angels said, why do you men, why do you stand here gazing up into heaven? He that went is going to come again. Amen? So what we see here is that this rod represents the branch, the root of Jesse, represents the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, as it is, he was brought to the earth, cast down. He became the serpent. He became the curse so that we may have life. before you think I'm preaching heresy let me give you Galatians three thirteen. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us for it is written cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree so in order for you and I to be free from the power of Of the venomous snake bite of sin. Because Adam and Eve were, they were bitten in the garden, were they not? It coursed through their veins. And all of the decisions was based upon me, myself, and I. It was all self focused, century driven. They were disconnected from the environment and the communication of the Heavenly Father. No longer was that holy abode inside of their heart. There was a separation of the two. And now those that were dying could only look at the, the serpent on the pole, and that was the only cure from what was happening inside of them. I say to you, the only cure for humanity is the cross of Calvary because it brings us and reunites us with the Heavenly Father in our relationship with Him. Amen? Yes. As we see here, the beautiful, powerful thing about Christ representing the curse is the second meaning of the twofold meaning of this. I want you to look there, if you will. Let's look in Exodus 7. Exodus 7. You notice I'm trying to juggle the two here. The microphone and the, and the, and the staff. Let me, let me ask you this question. If I walk out here and I'll show you this crooked stick... What do you automatically think? Shepherd. You automatically, instinctively think shepherd. So it would stand to reason that when Moses walked out there and he had the stick, the, the crook staff, immediately he was presenting himself as what? This was his identity. So the first part of the reason for the rod was that he was going to cast that rod down, being Christ Jesus, being cast down, becoming a serpent, and then he was going to reach down, pick it up by the tail, and he was going to become a rod again. That represents Christ, what he has done in his his earthly existence and his death and resurrection. But now we see this from Moses' point of view, from our point of view, is that what this rod represents is our identity, now, as it represents our identity, we cast it down. And what we see is it. yes, the serpent there begins to, begins to move. But I want you to see something in Exodus 7 and 10. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh, and they did so, just as the Lord told them, just as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, servants and it became a servant, serpent. Serpent. Can y'all say that seven times fast? Serpents and servants and, and serpents. But Pharaoh also called his wise men and the sorcerers. We got another S in there. So the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their, with their enchantments. For every man threw down his rod and they became serpents. Now do you think Aaron is in trouble? The magicians and the sorcerers are doing the same thing he's doing. Do you imagine that the Lord knew that was going to happen? I mean, really. You think the Lord was nervous that, uh oh, uh oh, this was supposed to work? Okay, Aaron, back out. Back out right now. Just hit the door. You better hit the door running. We, we've got to regroup and we've got to replan. You threw down the rod, it became a serpent. They threw down their rods and it became serpents. Do you think God was all nervous about it and he was getting a little bit uptight and, and he was going to back his servants off? No. It was all in the plan of the Lord from the beginning. Before he ever sent Moses, he already had the plan in place and he knew full well that the magicians had that ability to throw those, those rods down and their rods to become serpents. But what they, the, the, the sorcerers did not anticipate is the last part of that, but Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. Wait. Wait 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 I've seen something I never saw before. It didn't say Aaron's serpent. what Aaron's rod swallowed their rods. I think it's a misprint So hmm, this is identity and I cast my identity down and when I reach for what was cast down supernaturally, I take up a different identity. I cast down my, my identity and I pick up a new identity. And now my new identity is not me. It's Christ in me. And my new identity devours. All those old identities. Very interesting. Now, I want you to see something here any snake charmers in the house anybody ever come on any boys in the country ever messed around with snakes any girls in the country now we ran across enormous amount of grass snakes in my buddy's backyard and I'm sorry you animal lovers well, we did some cruel things to those snakes. We did pick them up by the tail. You just scared me, Lee. <laughs> How did you manage to get that in here? <laughs> How cool is that? All right. It's a, it's a snake. Snake skin in there. Isn't that cool? Pull it out. I don't want to crumble it. Lee, pull that out. I'm ran out of hands. Just lift that out of there. Who knows where we're going tonight? Okay. All right. Look at that. <laughs> okay, the little boy's coming out in Lee, trying to torment his sisters in Christ with a snake skin. So we 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 got a whole bunch of these snakes in the backyard and his mother told us to get rid of them. Or, and so we go out and we didn't grab them by the head, we grabbed them by the tail, but it wasn't for very long. We were grabbing them by the tail and we were popping their heads. They wasn't very bright. But if we wouldn't have popped their heads, if you grab that tail, what's going to happen? It's going to come right at you and it's going to bite you. Now, a friend of mine, and many of you know him, Paul Ransberger, he pastored and he's retired, pastor in Lindale, and he still does prison ministry, but he used to go out and catch for fun rattlesnakes. And he would go to ranger camps, and he would show those boys and different ones, and he would use it as a ministry opportunity. But he would tell you and be the first to tell you, you'd never pick a snake up by the tail. And if he's holding a rattlesnake because he's telling me the stories, I didn't want to be in the room when he actually held one, but he would say, you'd always grab it by the head. But Moses is instructed to grab it by the tail. Now, when he first throws it down, and then he backs away because, whoo! this is, whoa, whoa, Lord, what is, whoa, what's happening here? I'm just imagining that that serpent is probably as long as his staff. That's just my imagination. He didn't tell him to grab it by the head. He said, I want you to grab it by the tail. Why would you grab a snake that could bite you by the tail? Unless you understood that that bite wasn't meant for you. That bite is meant for the enemy this is a rod swallowing rod it becomes a serpent that takes over the other serpents and you can grab it by the tail because the bite is not meant for you are you getting it yet are you seeing it yet I cast my identity down, and what I pick up is the authority of Christ. By picking him up by the tail, I have no concern that it's going to reach over and bite me because when Jesus Christ came to the earth, he was cast down to the earth, and when he was brought to the earth, he became the curse for me, so that I would not have to endure the snake bite of the enemy. And now, when I pick up my identity in Him, now what I understand is the bite is not for me, the bite's for the enemy. And if the church would begin to operate not in your identity, but in the identity of Christ Jesus. We would understand the authority that we have in him and what he has done in order to rescue us. Amen. Destroys the enemy. Not the one carrying it. Destroys the enemy. Not the one carrying it. Now, Moses, <coughs> take that rod. We got some work to do. I want you to wave it over the air and wait a minute. There's going to be lies that come. I'm gonna. I want you to throw it down. I want you to wave it over the waters and it's going to become blood. Wait, I got a big job for you, Moses. We got everybody out by the blood of the Lamb. What do do I need you to do? Same thing I need my church to do in this last day. I need you to lift the identity of the Lord Jesus Christ above the sea of impossibility. And I'm going to cause a wind to begin to blow. And when that wind begins to blow, it's going to dry up a a, a place. And my people are going to pass through. They're coming out of bondage. They're coming out of bondage. They're coming out of bondage. I believe it's time, church, that we start living like we're free uh, and stop living like slaves. As I told you before, if we don't get that slave mentality out of us, then we're going to go right back to bondage. I don't want to go back to bondage. I don't want any leeks or soup or any kind of beans that the enemy has. I don't want to warm myself by his fires. I don't want to build his kingdom anymore. I am a child born of the king. I am free. I am not who I was. I'm a brand new creature, and I've got the authority of Christ, and now I'm going to use what's in my hand and that's my identity of Jesus Christ. And I believe it's time, folks, that we wake up to realize that we have more for us than against us. And God sees you better than you could ever see yourself. And I call for an uprising of the identity of Jesus Christ, that we walk in the authority and the power he has given us, that we're not going to be overcome by the enemy anymore. The fear does have no place in our hearts, that we are identified with Christ now what I need you to do is lift your identity in him lift it in him how impossible is your Red Sea didn't seem to hold much sway with the rod lifted in the hand without the without the rod it wasn't moving was it but man when he lifted his hands with that rod in his hands it was, like, it was like child's play for the spirit. I'm going to dry this thing up for you, boys and girls, so you can cross on over. And they got on over, and the enemy thought he was going to go through the same path. <laughs> oh, his arrogance always gets him, doesn't it? I'm going to go after them. Well, come on. Come along. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Come on. Come on. Bring your chariots, bring all of your armor, bring all your men of war, bring everything you got. Come on into this place where the come on the spirit has opened up. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting to come on and now he, we come on in to that place. And guess what when we look back when we get to the other side of it the enemy has no choice but to drown. But before he drowns, he's got a little freaking out to do because the Lord's tearing his wheels off his chariots. And Pharaoh is watching from the other side. And then their dead bodies come floating up on the shore. And I guarantee you they didn't draw their sword. They drowned with their sword. And the Israelites picked those swords up. How do you think the Israelites got armed? It's from the battles they won or the battles that the Lord had already won for them. <laughs> Woo! I think it's time. It's time. It's time to start looking at myself through his eyes. Quit trying to work to get into his image and just start walking in his image. Quit trying to work to victory and just start working from victory. You're free. You're free. One quick testimony, I'm going to close. We were down through the ministry that Andrea and Liz ministered to the Louisiana, Texas, Hispanic District Women's Conference. It's close enough. But we're down there. Incredible move of the spirit in the altars. Incredible move. It was everything I had to do just to keep up with with Andrea. Sometimes she'd lay hands on somebody, just dropping like flies, and she ended up getting tackled in the middle of it. And They didn't know that they were supposed to fall backwards and not forwards so some of it was like you know football drills where you're just held on that so long I forgot to let it go it's like football drills you're just pushing them getting them to push on the side well as I said, all, I was just concerned with her and trying to keep her on her feet and and, and trying to keep her from getting tackled because she literally got tackled and, and she got up and she was great and that was good. Occasionally in the that meeting, the Lord would just speak to me about an individual. And so I just, if they spoke English, I'd just speak it to them. And if they didn't, I would get a translator and I'd talk to them. But there's one woman that was down there and you could tell there was some influence. There was some influence of darkness there. I don't know to what degree. I don't know if it was possession. I don't know what it was. But you could tell there was an influence of darkness. And the Lord gave me a word to tell her, you are free. We prayed for her for a little bit. But then when I said, you are free, guess what? She went free she was liberated by the knowledge that it was done I'm telling somebody in this house tonight it's time for you to stop trying to be free and just be free in the power of Jesus Christ if you are a born-again child of God, that thing does not have a hold of you. You're holding on to it. Whether it is addiction, whether it is depression, whether it is oppression, You, it's not got a hold of you. You are holding on to it. And I'm saying to you let it go by the power that's already in place, that's already done. You are free. You are free. You are free. Now stand to your feet. And begin to lift your hands to the Lord and begin to declare, I am free. I am free in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not my identity. It is his identity. The thing that has plagued you is not going to plague you anymore. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you have been liberated because the Lord is swallowing up every bit of false identity. His rod is devouring the rods that are there and in the name of Jesus we love you, we magnify we praise you Father you are worthy, you are worthy Lord my God I declare freedom on this house, freedom on your children Lord God I declare freedom in our hearts, freedom in our homes, freedom in our relationships Lord I declare in the name of Jesus Christ Saying. There will be a revival in this house. It'll be a revival of identity. It'll be a revival of image. It'll be a revival, Lord God, of liberation. Lord, from the enemy's camp. Lord, the wind is blowing, Lord God. And there's a dry land in the midst of the sea. Lord, that we will walk over, Lord God. Lord, I see, oh mighty God. If you want to be thoroughly convinced before you leave this house tonight, if you truly Honestly, want to be thoroughly convinced before you leave this house tonight uh, that you are no longer by yourself, but you are in Christ. And you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. That you want to know that you know that you know that whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Then I want you to come and lift your hands before the Lord. We're gonna pray with you and we're gonna believe. We're gonna believe. We're gonna believe that you're gonna cast down your identity. Mm. You're gonna cast down your identity of fear. You're gonna cast down your 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 identity of depression. You're gonna cast down your identity of addiction. I'm going to throw it down. I'm going to put mine down, and I'm going to watch the power of God devour it, and I'm going to pick up. And when I pick up his power that devours, because he became the curse that I may be blessed, and I'm going to reach down, and I'm going to pick it up, I'm going to walk out new. I'm going to walk out different. Come on, somebody's here. You need liberty. You need freedom. You are not the broken person that you have been declared to be. You are not the failure that the world and your voices in your head are telling you, that is not you. You are not that depression. You are not that oppression. You are not that addiction. You are a child of the king. Come on, there's somebody in this house. There's somebody in this house that's going free. Oh, merciful God. I need some i need some men and women of God to get down to this altar and begin to lift them up in, in prayer. Begin to believe with them. We're going to walk out of this place free. Come on, pastors. Come on, prayer team. Come on, worship team. Come help me tonight. Father,